Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. Touch your neighbor, tell them, get ready. Touch the other person you chose not to touch and say, get ready. Come on, come on. I'm excited to be with you to here today. I'm excited to represent your pastors, pastors Mike and Rachel Heyman. Come on, can we make some noise for them? They're such a blessing. Hey, like Pastor Johnny said, I'm the pastor of the North Baton Rouge campus, but one of my favorite things that I get to do that's more important than being the pastor of the North Baton Rouge campus is the pastor and leader of my family. Come on, can we show that beautiful picture? This is my family, come on. This is my wife, Brienne. I have a son named Eli, a daughter named Mila, and they are a blessing to my life. But, but I'm here today because I'm the pastor of North Baton Rouge campus, and, and again, I'm excited. And I just want to, before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about what's going on at our campus. And I know some of you, you know that in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be approaching that one-year um, anniversary, per se, of the flood that came through last August. And this year for the church, it, it's been anything but normal. And I know some of you in here, you've experienced pain from that flood. You had lost some things. You lost some homes. And just to let you know what was going on at the campus is I remember August 13th. It was the second day. And we still were dry at the campus. And I remember us going out there. And we wanted to help the people that were beginning to get flood, flooded in North Baton Rouge. And I remember as people came out, we, we served them uh, food and we gave them clothes and we gave them groceries. And we tried to even evacuate some of them to the local shelter. And I thought we were okay. I thought, okay, just like some of you in here, that water's not going to rise. That water's not going to get close to us. We have enough sandbags laid down. But I'll never forget the moment where the water started to come out of the toilets. And I knew we were going to be in some trouble. So what we did was we took all the volunteers, we sent them home. And I'll never forget that night where I called our youth pastor, Pastor Eric, and I said, hey, man, you want to go get your car? I knew he had left it there. And, and we, by the time we got there, about 830 that night, the water had already surpassed Winborn Avenue. It had made it around the church. In fact, it was about this close to getting inside his SUV. And I remember I was like, well, let's go check out the church. We turned the power out because we wanted to save the generators. So we walked into the sanctuary with just flashlights. And then all of a sudden I hit the third to last pew. And I was kicking water. Walked up to the stage. By the time I got to the stage, the water had now gone from cold to warm. And I knew that I was standing in a mixture of sewage and water about thigh high. It was just enough water to, to, to get upon that stage and wet every single thing we owned. And I remember standing in that moment, church, and like most of some of you in here who experienced that, and how a sense of hopelessness and a sense of feeling of loss overcame me, and it's a pain that we should not experience much in this life. And I remember thinking, God, if you, you placed us here, 
You placed us here. How could you have placed us here and knew this would happen? You've called us to reach this community. How am I supposed to do that now? And church, I believe it's in these moments that we realize we have little to no control. But that actually God is in control of everything. And I remember asking God, God, what do we do next? And so what we did was the only thing we knew how to do, and that was to be the church, to be a healing place for a hurting world. And so that's what we did. We started helping other people. We started handing out groceries and handing out food. In fact, we provided supplies at the distribution center for over eight weeks, church. Can I get a good amen? Come on. We served over 25,000 meals, over 10,000 cases of water because we know that God has told us even in the toughest times, we are called to be a healing place for a hurting world. And because of our faithfulness over the next couple months, over the next year, we begin to see the favor of God. We saw people coming from all over Baton Rouge and all over the surrounding cities coming to us because somebody told them if you go to that church, they will help you. I saw the favor of God through our, so we could have church. We had favor with the East Baton Rouge School Board. And we partnered with Winborn Elementary so that our campus could have church for six months, church. I've seen the rebuilding of our building. Let me tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you. I never thought our campus could be as beautiful as it is today. Can I get a good amen? It is beautiful. I'm telling you, we got fresh paint on the walls. We got flooring we never thought we could get. And God showed me something in that. He said, he showed me that he can take any kind of mess and make something beautiful out of it. And we watched his faithfulness play out. And I, and I tell you what, I'm excited for the people of North Baton Rouge because I believe this ultimately is a sign of God telling them they deserve something nice. Can I get some good amen? And look, I know, listen to me, I know what we see about on the media and the news in North Baton Rouge, but let me tell you, can I just be a little biased? I believe I serve some of the best people on the planet. I'm talking, I'm telling you the truth. There is something special going on in North Baton Rouge. Man, I want to, in fact, I want to personally invite you. I would love for you to come and bring your family to visit us. Just one Sunday out of the month. Look, I'm not telling you to change campuses. Come on, because God bless Highland Road. Can I get a good amen? This is a beautiful place. But I want to invite you and your family. Just come out one weekend a month. Because here's the truth is as God is, begins to grow us, begins to do great things in North Baton Rouge, I'm going to need people like you. I'm going to need volunteers to come and usher with people, to smile at people as you greet, to help in nursery and kids. Not only that, Pastor Johnny talked about an after-school program. I need you to come spend some time with some of these youth because let me be honest with you, the church sometimes is the only safe place these youth have to go. And man, wouldn't it mean just something to come spend an hour with the kid? I don't need you, to, you can tutor if you want, but if you just wanna come play basketball, wanna just spend time with these kids because I believe that this is the future of Baton Rouge. Can I get a good amen? Come on, y'all believe and receive that today? Come on. Well, I want to challenge you. With those same hands that you're clapping with, if you really feel that in your heart, come on. I'm going to challenge you a little bit already. 
I want you to go ahead and pull out your cell phones. Come on, pull them out. I give you permission. Don't be Snapchatting. Don't be sending no FaceTime. But pull out your phones, and I want you, if you feel like, man, Pastor, I can spend one weekend. I can come help. I can come volunteer one time. I want you to text HPC Go to 41411. And let me tell you that when you text that, you're going to enter your information, and I'm going to get an email with your information. And I promise you, as soon as I can, we're going to connect you to that house and what God is doing in North Baton Rouge. Can I get a good amen? Come on. But I encourage you to do that, church. I just wanted to share my heart about where I, God has allowed me to serve. But right now, this is what I want. After you've done that, I want you to open up your Bibles. Who got your Bibles? Wave them up in the air for me if you got your Bibles. Come on. I like them paper Bibles. I got paper Bibles. Wave them phones in the air if you use your phone. Come on. There you go. Feel like I'm at a concert. Look at all them beautiful lights. And I want you to turn in your Bible. I want you to open up to Jonah 1. Jonah 1. Because this morning, let me tell you, church, you are not here by accident. You did not just happen to walk in this Sunday morning. God has a message for you. And this morning, what I want to do is take the story of this young man, Jonah, and I want to apply it to our lives today, and I hope that it speaks to you today. But before I do that, let's go ahead and pray, and let's get started. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for what you're doing in this house. I thank you for every man, woman, and child in here, Lord God. I pray that you speak to them today. Lord God, that I would get out of your way and you would speak. Father God, let our hearts be able to receive. Let us not get distracted by other things, but let us give us, give you this time on our Sunday. Father, I thank you for every person that's watching online that might not be here physically, Lord God, but you see them right where they are. Lord God, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen, amen. Come on, can we give God one more round of applause? I think he deserves at least that. Church, this morning I'm going to be reading out of the New Living Translation. Now, people always ask me, they say, Pastor, what, what version should I buy? What version should I purchase? And I tell them, just buy the one that you'll actually read. Can I get a good amen? Come on. Just having a Bible in the house doesn't count. You actually got to open up and read it. And so we're going to start in Jonah 1 today, and I'm not going to tell, I'm going to try to tell you his whole story, but I'm not going to read all the scriptures. But I hope that you catch something out of this today. Jonah, everybody say Jonah. God tells this man, Jonah, to get up and go to the city of Nineveh and preach to them. Tell them that they are living the wrong way and I can't ignore it anymore. Now, church, you have to understand for God to tell Jonah to go to Nineveh is not like us being called to go to Baker. Can I get a good amen? Come on. It's not like us driving across a bridge to go to Port Allen. Somebody say, God bless Port Allen. I love Port Allen. Come on. But Nineveh was a city that was labeled the bloody city because of all the cruelty that was going on there. In Nineveh church, you have to understand, they would take the heads of the enemies and put them on stakes around the city for decoration. You see, Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire, which was Israel's greatest enemy during this time. So it's easy to say that it was not an easy place for Jonah just to walk in 
and share the gospel with people. But here's the truth, church. That wasn't what bothered Jonah. You see, Jonah knew that God would have mercy on this city. And Jonah had no compassion for his enemies. He realized that God was the God who would forgive them if they repented. And he did not want to have anything to do with that. I don't want to help those people, God. You don't know what they are. You don't know how bad they are. Why would I help those people? Church, I wonder, have you ever gotten so offended or hurt by someone that you've struggled to react like a Christian? Because the truth is, it's, it's sometimes easier to act like a Christian than it is to react like a Christian. And this is how Jonah felt in this moment. He's like, there's no way I'm helping my enemy out. So Jonah, he comes up with another plan. Jonah 1.3 says, but Jonah, everybody say, but Jonah. But Jonah gets up and he went into the complete opposite direction. He buys a ticket to Tarshish, jumps on a boat and hopes that he can get as far away from God as he could possibly go. God, there is no way I'm helping them. And just to make sure I'm not helping those people, I'm going way over here on the other side of town. I read that and I think about how Jonah had reached a place in his life where he thought he could actually hide from God. Church, that is impossible. There is no way that can happen. Speaking of things that can never happen, now you got to think, I have a bunch of random thoughts, so just go with me for a second. How many of y'all remember the Trix uh, cereal commercials with the, the silly rabbit? Come on, y'all remember those? I remember that watching up. And, and I watch these commercials, and I see the bunny come out, and he tries to steal the cereal away from a kid. And they're like, oh, silly rabbit tricks are for kids. And I look at that, and I'm like, man, what were they thinking? That is impossible to steal food from a kid. I got a two-year-old. You try to steal her applesauce, she's going to scream so loud, it's going to set car alarms off. And anybody else in here? Come on. You cannot steal food from a kid. But you know what else is impossible, church? Trying to hide from God. I think about that and how Jonah had reached a place where he thought he could actually get far away enough from God that he wouldn't see him. I think about Jonah and I think about us, church. And it's funny how so often when we're in deliberate defiance of God, when we're doing our own thing, when we're making our own decisions, when we stop reading our word, when we stop coming to church on Sunday, those moments when we feel so far away from God that and I think about that guilt that comes upon us. Come on, we all know what that feels like. And in these moments and in these seasons, it makes us want to run as far away from the Lord as we can possibly go. But church, I believe it's in those moments where we think we're the farthest away that God shows us that we can never, ever escape from his presence. I read this verse in Psalm 139, 7 and 10, and it says this. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. 
Church, David reminds us in these Psalms that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. But that, 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 that thought should not bring fear upon your hearts. Instead, it should give you a sense of security. It should remind us that it doesn't matter where we go, God is with us. In moments when we're seeking peace, in moments when we're fighting temptation, in moments when we're fighting the spiritual battles that are going on in our lives, we are not alone. Our warrior is with us. He is with us to fight for us and with us. Can I get a good amen? I don't know about you, but I'm thankful that I don't have to do life alone anymore. Come on. But here's the truth, church. You and I, we can choose to keep running from the Lord today. But even if we do the psalm, it reminds us that we still have to come face to face with God at some point or another and reckon with him. And Jonah, he learns that lesson in Jonah 1.4. It says, but the Lord, somebody say, but the Lord. But the Lord creates this big storm that is starting to break down this little bitty boat. And, and, and the sailors of the boat are panicking. They're, they're, they're freaking out. They don't know what to do. So what they do is they start tossing stuff off the boat. They start throwing things off the boat. They begin to scream to their gods to help them. Now, church, understand this whole time, all this chaos is going on. What is Jonah doing? Jonah is sleeping. Jonah is catching up on his Z's. Jonah is acting like he's on this big, giant waterbed, and he's relaxed and laid back. And finally, the, the story says the captain runs down and he wakes and shakes Jonah. He says, wake up, wake up. I need you to cry out to your God and see if he can help us. Church, can you catch this for a moment? Everyone on the boat in this moment is praying except Jonah. Now, Jonah, as far as we know, is the only one who is believing in the one true God, and yet he was the only one not praying. Church, I wonder, have you ever strayed so far from God that you can't even remember the last time that you talked to him? Jonah was in a bad place. I, I don't, maybe Jonah's not the only one. I know I can relate to Jonah. Where you reach a place where you get wrapped up so much in life and the cards that it deals you. You get so wrapped up in, in helping your family out and doing things for your family, especially men as us as leaders of our families. And then all of a sudden, even that selfishness that's inside your heart begins to creep out and that tries to take your time. And one night you get to a place where you think before you go to bed and you're like, man, I forgot to pray today. Or, what? I, I haven't read my devotionals in weeks. In church, we get to a place where we feel distant. And the next thing you know, just like Jonah, we begin to sleep on the enemy. See, that's where Jonah is right here. And the Bible says the crew then gets together to cast lots or to draw straws to see who offended the gods, who made them mad. And all of a sudden, the lots point to Jonah. Come on, who would have known? They point directly at Jonah. And in this moment, I believe we learned the first lesson in Jonah's life. 
And that lesson from the story of Jonah is your disobedience affects you and those around you. See, I began to think about Jonah in this moment, church. He defied God and chose to do his own thing, which is the beauty of the God we serve. We get a free choice. He doesn't force us into a relationship with him. We have to choose. And Jonah begins to make choices that only are about him. And then as he is living defiantly, his decisions begin to affect the people around him. He stays asleep while his choice is creating chaos on the ship that he is on. And it isn't until the lots that God points him out as the suspect. It isn't until the lots point him out that he chooses to confess. Church, I wonder if it wasn't for God pointing him out as the culprit, would Jonah have ever confessed or stepped up at all? And I think about that and I think about us. And how sometimes, church, we can get in a position where we defy God and we do something that doesn't line up with him. And I think about our decisions to defy God and choose those things and how they begin to not only affect us, but affect our families and the people around us. See, some of us in here, our families are beginning to panic all the while we sleep and we ignore what's happening on the inside of us. For some of us, church, stress is causing us to be depressed and miserable while we're telling ourselves, oh, we're fine, we're okay, we'll just keep going, everybody feels this way. All the while, our kids are at home wondering why mom and dad are so angry all the time. We are battling addictions, and we're telling ourselves, oh, I can fix it myself, I don't need any help, I'll be fine. All the while, our families are watching us die from the inside out. Some of us in here, we're we're battling lust. And it's causing us to live in secret sin. And we're telling ourselves, oh, it's just a movie. It's just a TV show. It's no big deal. All the while, our spouse is wondering why we've become so distant from them. You know, church, I think about that. We've all been there. Let's be honest this morning. Just because I have a title don't mean I don't fight the same things you fight. I'm being pulled on through temptation just like you're being pulled on. But I wonder if today is the day that we choose to wake up to confess and face that we are defying God. and Or will it take, church, and I hope it doesn't, but will it take the hand of God, the judgment hand of God, to come forward for us to take blame and see the situation for what it truly is. Now, after Jonah, he confesses, the Bible says that he is thrown into the sea. As though things couldn't get any worse for this guy, God sends this big fish to swallow him up. Come on. You you read that part of the story, you're like, man, God must really not like Jonah. He must really hate Jonah right now to bring this big fish and he's going to swallow him up. But let me get you to look at the story a different way. You see, I believe this great fish swallowing Jonah was not God's punishment. In fact, this great fish was actually God's provision to save Jonah from drowning. Come on, the Bible said God sent the fish. It wasn't like the fish just showed up. 
You see, church, I need you to catch this. After Jonah was disobedient, God still had compassion on him. You see, Jonah expressed his rebellion for God, but God loved him too much to let him go, church. I don't know about you, but I am thankful that I belong to the God of second chances. Not only second, but the third chance, the fourth chance, as many chances as I could get. That's the God we serve. And we read on, and Jonah is in the belly of this fish for three days. Somebody say three days. Now, I doubt, church, I doubt Jonah is sleeping right now. I'm pretty sure that, that God kind of got Jonah's, Jonah's attention right now. And Jonah is in the fish, and I think that gives us the second point to Jonah's story. When you realize, church, maybe you're in here and you realize you're on a path of disobedience, and it's leading you towards death and destruction, there is only one thing that you can do. And that thing is you must turn to God. You must turn to God. Church, it's that plain and simple. It's just turn to him. And that's what Jonah does in Jonah 2.7. He says, as my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Church, I don't know if we can be honest today. Have you ever felt like your life was slipping away? Have you ever felt like what seemed like a downward spiral when you felt like you had no control? That's what Jonah felt like in this moment. And the Bible says that God hears him in his state of spiritual distress and answers him by having the fish spit Jonah out onto dry land. Church, I'm here to tell you this morning, I don't know what you're walking through, but God does. And my Bible says that when we talk to him, he hears us. In Acts 2.21, it says, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what, pastor? What are you talking about? The Bible says that we are saved from spiritual death or hell. And that spiritual death leads to spending eternity in hell, which is a place of never-ending torment. And church, I need you to catch this this morning. The Bible says just as Jonah spent three days and was spit out of the whale, Jesus broke free from the tomb and rose again on the third day. Can somebody give him a shout? And Romans 10, 9 says we are told if we would just believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, that we too will be risen from spiritual death into eternity. You see, church, like Jonah, we should have gotten what we deserve. I should have gotten what I deserve. But like Jonah, our God has given us a second chance. And your second chance's name is Jesus. Can we give him a good shout today? Now, I'll wrap this story up with Jonah 3, verses 1 and 2. And it said this, it said, then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second, Jonah a second time. Somebody say a second time. And he tells him, he says, look, I need you to get up. I need you to go to the city of Nineveh and deliver the message I've given to you. Come on, can somebody say deja vu? This is the, almost the exact same thing they say in chapter one. And you know how I think about how God tests us sometimes. And God is funny sometimes. Sometimes he'll get do something or bring people into our lives to test us. And for the most part, hopefully we get it right and we begin to grow on the inside. But church, let me tell you, in those moments where you don't get it right, where he tries to test you a second time and a third time and a fourth time, 
Church, let me tell you, God will continue to test you again and again and again until you get it right. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Church, let me tell you, there's some of you in here that are like, God, why do you keep sending me these aggravating people? Come on, let's be real. You sending me all the crazies. Why are they coming to me? And God is just telling you, I'm trying to teach you to love everybody. I'm trying to use these crazy people to show you how imperfect you are. Come on. Hello. Somebody say, God bless crazy people. Come on. Some of you in here are like, God, every time I get off of work, I am sitting in this traffic. Why are you doing this to me? And God is like, I'm just trying to teach you patience. You see, just like God tests us today, I think about how God tested Jonah. And he gives Jonah the same instructions as before. But this time, the Bible says that Jonah obeys it. And the Bible says that Jonah then gets up and he goes to the city of Nineveh. Now, church, I try to imagine Jonah going into the city of Nineveh, the bloody city, the city of his enemy, the city that he wasn't even going to try to go in the same direction as. Now, Jonah, I imagine it's like, man, God, I'm just going to do this. Okay, I just spent time in this fish. I'm stinky. I'm just going to do what you tell me to do and end this thing. And so I imagine Jonah walks into the city. He gets them together and he kind of steps up on this high platform and he looks at the city. And he's like, city of Nineveh, in 40 days, you're all going to be wiped out. And he just drops the mic. Like, boom. Come on. 40 days, you're all going to die. Come on, how many of you know that's the worst sermon ever written in the history of preaching? And I imagine Jonah, he goes in there and he preaches this. I think about it, not even T.D. Jace could deliver that sermon good. Come on. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Come on. 40 days, you're all going to be wiped out. Come on, somebody. But worst sermon ever written. And he goes into the city, and I imagine that when he steps away, he thought, okay, I did what you told me to do. I'm out. I'm getting away from these people before they lose their minds. But then I imagine when he was walking away, In the corner of his eye, he began to see somebody moving. And he sees somebody put a sandbag on, a burlap sack, and they put it on. And he notices this, and then he noticed another person doing it. And another person doing it. And he begins to look around, and the Bible says, Jonah 3, 5, and 10 says, The people of Nineveh believed God's message from the greatest to the least. They declared a fast and put on burlap to show their sorrow. When the king of Nineveh heard what Jonah was saying, he stepped down from his throne and took off his royal robe. He dressed himself in burlap and sat on a heap of ashes. Then the king and his nobles sent this decree throughout the city. No one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks, may eat or drink anything at all. People and animals alike must wear garments of mourning and everyone must pray earnestly to God. They must turn from their evil ways and stop all their violence. Who can tell? Perhaps even yet God will change his mind and hold back his fierce anger from destroying us. Church, the hearts of this evil city were changed in one moment. 
Remember, this is the city that was labeled the bloody city. The city that everyone had given up on. The city that no one dared to enter. This same city now had a heart for God and was willing to do anything to change his mind about him. Jonah 3.10 says this, When God saw what they had done and how they had put their lives, put a stop to their evil ways, he changed his mind and did not carry out the destruction he had threatened, church. See, that brings us to the third point and the final point of today's message, the life of Jonah. It is your faithfulness will affect others for good. Your faithfulness will affect others for good. Think about this, church. Jonah's simple, God-given declaration to the people that day impacted the entire life of a whole city. Church, I think about this as I close. I think about Jonah, man. Jonah was this normal guy living his life, going to, doing his thing for God, just living life until one day God asked him to do something. And he, 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 he said, God, I just need you to do something for me. Now, we don't know why Jonah denied that request. We don't know if it was because he thought that calling was too big for him. He, we don't know if, that, if it was because he just didn't care about those people enough. But the Bible said that Jonah ran. He, he decided to do his own thing. But we read in the story that God shows up where Jonah is and he gets Jonah's attention. And while Jonah is alone, in his most desperate moment, Jonah recommits his life to God in the belly of a fish. In the belly of a fish. And then God uses Jonah to do the exact same thing he called him to do long time ago. And as Jonah steps up in faith, we see a whole city that once was labeled rough and bloody, filled with pain and crime and hate. We see a whole city turn their hearts to God. And just to show you how much this was according to God's plan, I failed to mention something earlier. You see, biblical scholars believe that in the city of Nineveh, they worshiped an animal. And the animal they worshiped was a fish. What did Jonah get swallowed by, church? A fish. Do you think that was a coincidence? Nothing's a coincidence. And I mean, do you think they'd ever listen to a stranger when they'd come into a city? No, but they would listen to the guy who was swallowed by the animal that they worshiped. So what does that mean for me, pastor? I believe that means that there are people that will begin to cross your path that only you can relate to. There are people that are struggling with what you have struggled with in the past. People that are walking through pain that you have walked through. People that only you can relate to that are looking for answers, church. Looking for help. And just like Jonah, God will use his, your story and use it for his glory. Can I get a good amen? There are some people in here, some of you in here that have been walking around allowing your past to keep you down. But little did you know that God wants to use your past. He wants to use that fish-smelling mess that is in your life, and he wants to use that past mixed with his grace to reach a city in his name. Can I get a good amen? 
Come on. If you're in here today, church, please do not let the devil tell you that you can't speak to that neighbor. You can't speak to that coworker about him. Because let me tell you, church, God can use anybody he chooses to use. And the truth is, most of y'all were chosen before you were even born. Can I get a good amen? And God loves you, man. God loves you so much. He loved you before you took your first breath. And church, you may in here, be in here and you say, man, I find myself in a mess today. Last night, you don't know what I was doing up in that club. Last night, yesterday, you don't know how I treated that person. Here's the truth, church, I don't care. Because God still loves you. Come on. That's the God you serve. Church, you need to know that the God you serve is never going to give up on you just like he didn't give up on Jonah. And if you remain faithful, if you remain close to him, God will use you to reach this city. And before we know it, Healing Place Church, I believe with all my heart that we will allow, as we allow him to move, we will see places like Baton Rouge and Denham Springs and Gonzales and Central and Walker and Hammond, even Port Allen, come on somebody. God is going to move in those cities like he's never moved before, but it begins with us. Touch your neighbor, say it begins with me. Church, I believe with all my heart, just like Joe, it begins with the church, it begins with the believers. Do you receive that and believe that today, church? Come on, can we get on our feet and thank God and worship God for who he is? Come on. Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.